This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. We are coming to a close with our Odd Jobs Month, and we have a special treat for you to wrap up this series. I'm at the Milwaukee County Zoo, and I spent the day with Ryan Taylor, a zookeeper. Official zoo business. Yeah, that's the bike I rode today. It's nice enough. Ryan specializes in pachyderm care. Pachyderm is thick-skinned, so hippos, rhinos, elephants, taper. In the zoo, this area is Adventure Africa, um, including elephants. So we may be called Adventure Africa later, and then there may be like an elephant team attached to it. This building, which is primarily hippo, there's oryx, and in the summer, red river hog. Then we have the giraffe building behind us, which is giraffe. And then we have the Impala building, which is Impala, Ostrich, Bongo, Crown Cranes, and Guinea Fowl. So we have three beats, um, Hippo Beat, Giraffe Beat, Impala Beat, and we rotate every two weeks. So right now I'm on the Impala Beat, which is Impala and Bongo. Um, but I do a lot of work with the hippos. What's your favorite beat? Oh, I would have said giraffe when we started all of this, but now it's become hippo. I've done a lot of work with the hippos this year, a lot of success stories with the hippos. Um, so that seems to be my favorite beat, my preferred beat right now. So. And how long have you been doing it? I have been in the field for 22 years now. And I've been here at Milwaukee for eight and a half. Yeah, and I've worked with a wide variety of animals, but African hoofstock is what this all generally is, and that's what I've been doing uh, with African birds in there for the since 2008. Oh wow! So what's that? 15 years now. So I can assume that you're an animal lover. I am. Always have been. Uh, Being a zookeeper is what I've always wanted to be, so I'm one of those fortunate to do my dream job. And this is actually the zoo I grew up going to, so it's like the definition of what your dream job is. Um, I've been all over. I was at two places in Green Bay, Bay Beach Wildlife Sanctuary through college, and then the Northeast Wisconsin Zoo afterwards, and then I went to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, and spent six and a half years there on the draft team. So did you know, like, obviously people, when you go to the zoo, you have the understanding that there's a zookeeper, but how did you start knowing that this is actually a job that you can have or, like, something you can study for? Um, just knowing that there were zookeepers out there, reading books, watching TV shows, you know, uh, Steve Irwin, Jeff Corwin shows growing up. Um, visiting zoos and I don't think I ever met a zookeeper growing up but once I got into college I figured out where I could go and how I could mold it. Um, I think I was the only one that graduated with my degree at Green Bay because I kind of created it myself. Um, I went to UW-Green Bay and I graduated with biology and animal and field emphasis and I was the only one that graduated with that. But working at the wildlife sanctuary kind of got me in there. And then, you know, 
as you go through the zoo field, you start making connections. Um, you start knowing people at different institutions, and then you know how to look for jobs. Um, right out of college, I think it took me like two months to get a job, but I applied all over the country, was willing to move, and ended up getting a job where I already lived. Our initial destination was the Keeper Hallway, where we engaged with two lively hippos named Happy and Patty. The setting was remarkably industrial, adorned with numerous locks and open slots designated for zookeepers to interact with the hippos. And it also was incredibly loud as the pool was being filled. What's uh, one thing that people don't really know about hippos? That they can be very fast. And I know a lot of people say that hippos, well, hippos are the most dangerous animal in Africa that kill more people than anything. Um, these two, they can be aggressive, but working with them, they build a relationship with us. Um, when I first started working with him, he was actually more afraid and he would sometimes run away and that wasn't good for him because we didn't want him to slip. So we've worked with um, contact with him, coming over, visiting people. And then with her, sometimes she would get upset if people were around. So we worked with her to kind of calm her down as well. Boundaries, I love that. So what happens here? This is the keeper hallway and it's designed for elephants. So massive doors. Um, but yeah, what happens over in this area is we clean up after them, we feed them, we medicate them if they need it, um, shift them to where they're gonna be for the day, clean up behind them and set it up for where they're gonna be at night, shift them back. Um, in the winter, everybody's in, so that we gotta time it so that everybody can get shifted and cleaned. If it's nice out, um, some animals can go outside, like we saw the oryx, their temperatures can get down into the 30s for them to be outside, as long as it's nice. And then we have some more flexibility with stalls to shift animals. And, um, so yeah, what Steph just did was clean the big pool. Um, we can take a little walk into it. I'm down for anything. First, so that in case she does get upset with us, we can let her calm down again. Patty is over here. I will get her meds. It, it, yeah, it's very loud back here. So what you hear is the pool being filled. Um, we have a backflow and a front fill. It fills the pool faster. Uh, both of our hippos are very old and we have a steep ramp going down into their pool so we don't want them to slip as they go in. So we make sure the pool is at least halfway full so that they can go right into the water. Um, so that's why it's very loud. It's hard to hear anything on the radio back here. How um, old is she? She is 54. She'll be 55 in February. I believe she's the oldest hippo in North America in human care. Um, she's come a long way. We've actually done a lot of hands-on stuff with her. We're working on blood draws. Um, she's trained to go on a scale and get her weight. Um, she is currently on some medication for arthritis and it's made her feel a lot better. She actually went outside into the new hippo habitat. Uh, I say new, but it's been there for three years, but she's never been out in it until this past September. Um, working with her and getting her on board with some pain medication, she started to shift through our stalls and 
out in the hall and made it out on to the to the outdoor habitat, uh, where she interacted with guests, especially children, through the glass and utilized every inch of the pool because of her size. Uh, our male hippo was originally out there every day, and because of his size, he's a little bit bigger. Um, he didn't utilize every inch for fear of maybe getting stuck in a corner or anything like that. He's about 5,500 pounds. She's 3,000 pounds, so there's a big difference. Um, but she's done really well, and guests have now seen her so much. Usually you just saw her in the pool during the day or back here through this window, which you have to press your face up to actually see. Um, How many years have she been here in Washington? I don't know. Okay. She's been here before me. She actually had a baby here at one point. Um, so she's been here for quite a long time. So they are trained to open their mouths and let me put my hand in there and touch their teeth and everything. Um, things don't always go the way you want when strangers are around. Um, so, and we, we don't try to push that or anything. I wouldn't do a training session with her now. But I do bring people back to, for them to get used to. So when we have tours or there are training sessions, a lot of training sessions involve vet staff who don't work here regularly. That way they can get used to different people being around. This is the ramp that goes down. We actually go down there when it's fully drained um, and scrub what we need to, clean it. Um, hippos poop in the water, the water gets a little dirty. We wanna make sure that it's cleaned every day for them. Um, yeah, and there's the other fill. That one's not as loud, but... Yeah, kind of like a waterfall. Yes, and we do leave that one on um, lower so that they can come up to it, feel the water on them, drink out of it if they want to. They do have drinkers, but sometimes they prefer that. Uh, but yeah, so some days this is completely covered in hippo poop, um, and we have to scrub it all down. It doesn't look this beautiful blue. Um... But yeah, it takes a little bit of, you know, power and a nice scrub brush to scrub it all down and then hose it. So I guess that leads me to my question. Favorite part of the job and least favorite part of the job? Ah, you think this is going to be my least favorite, but it's not. Um, favorite part of the job is building that relationship with the animals. Um, I've got a good relationship with a few that I work with. Um, least favorite? Probably when you have to say goodbye to an animal. I mean, even with us as pet owners, it's inevitable. Um, but with the care that we provide, we strive for them to have a healthy life, an interactive life with their food, their enrichment, their habitat, and their keepers. Um, and if things go well, they do. You know, see, she's comfortable right now, and she she laid down again. Um, so yeah, it is hard. Um, whether they live healthy lives or have injuries, eventually they do grow old. Um, but we have keeper staff and vet staff that take great care of the animals. Um, but yeah, that can be the hardest part. They are like vacuums. They suck it up and grab it like hungry, hungry hippos. Um, um, she she does have teeth back there. You can kind of see there are teeth. Yeah. And down there. 
but she likes to juice it. So she'll suck on it and suck on it and press her head up. And then sometimes she'll put it down on the ground and do it over again so that she gets all the juice. Um, and as you can see, I'm not really worried about her biting me either. We've, we've worked on it, that I can touch her teeth and stuff. And there are a lot of locks. There are locks everywhere. So at the end of the day, we check each other's locks. Are you saying, have you ever, like, panic and double check? Like, yes. you know, yeah? Yeah. There's times when you go home and you're like, oh, no. I've come in to double check something or call the night keeper to double check or text somebody and be like hey or at the end of the day we're like oh I gotta run quick and double check that so now that we double check each other and everything it's good um, it's a lot more for us just because there's a lot of locks things like apes primates cats those require the double lock check because something bad could happen I don't think a hippo is gonna really unlock their door and open it, but they can push on doors and doors move if we don't have it at least latched. But yeah, we tend to lock it all up. There's locks everywhere in the hallway. Being an animal lover, is there an animal you don't like? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I, I say the three Ps, um, and I tell this to everybody, penguins, parrots, and primates. <laughs> Um, because they're all mean. Um, I've been bit by a penguin, I've had my shoes ripped up by a parrot, and I've, well, you know, primate. I attest those to the animals I worked with in Green Bay. I worked with snow macaques, and they can be aggressive towards each other and stuff, so. Yeah, it just kind of ruined it for me. So, I don't really deal with those anymore. All right, now we're in the front. I will, I'll walk in front of you. Um, when we get up to him, we usually talk and let him know that we're coming so it doesn't startle him. Like I said, he used to run away and stuff. Now he usually comes over, so we'll see. This is where the oryx stay at night and in the winter. Luckily, it's nice enough that they get to go outside. Hey, Happy, we're coming over. Hey, bud. This is our male hippo. This is Happy. Uh, he's on land during the day so that Patty can go in the big pool and then at night she goes to the little pool and he goes back in the big pool. Um, so he gets time to visit with keepers, get his food, and then she gets interactions and then spends her time exercising in the pool. He's come a long way. Um, he now will let people be here in front of him without him running away. Um, in a good session, I can work and touch all of his teeth and make sure. Um, yeah, being a big hippo, sometimes he bites his lip and it can look worse than it is, especially to guests. So I wanna make sure that I can get in there and see. Um, you mentioned a little bit about those sessions. Can you walk me through what that looks like? Is it the same every time? So a session with him would be, he comes up, he opens his mouth, I touch his teeth, maybe the side of his face or his gums, and then I give him a treat and then he knows he can close it. Um, that may be all that I do with him. Um, the, the point of this is to eventually be able to work on the teeth 
file them down, trim them, um, make sure things aren't going wrong in there, you know, a bit lip or a broken tooth. Um, and then get him used to files and stuff like that. Uh, and that's, oh, that's one of his favorite things too, sticking out his tongue. Right after the break, we get to hang out with some giraffes and Ryan shares his favorite story. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. This is Ziggy and her son Asante. And this is Maya. And then her mom Marley is in back. What's that? No, so with them, it's just like this. Oh, wow. And if you get licked, I tell everybody that it's good luck. (laughs) Even though it's just your hand getting slimy. Slimy and sandpapery. That's how I describe it. They have a mucosal layer over their tongue so that it's adapted that in the wild, one of their favorite trees is an acacia thorn tree and the mucus coats the thorn if they happen to bite it off and swallow it and then they can it helps break it down and they can digest it and then the purple tongues oh little man hi buddy take it um and then their tongues half of them are purple uh the the front top half because they would be eating from large trees and the sun would be beating down on them, it's kind of a, it's to prevent sunburn. So it's kind of a, the dark color is like a built-in sunscreen. That's so interesting, I didn't know that. What's your favorite thing about giraffe? They're very majestic. I have good relationship with these two. Um, she was born at Disney's Animal Kingdom and I took care of her there. And then she came here and this is her last born, number four. And the day he was born, he was born outside. There was a big to-do about it. But he sat down in the moat, which had water in it, and I had to run in there and lift him up and try and get him in so that he's just learning how to walk. Um, is it the same with the hippos, that it takes a longer time to build trust, or is it a lot easier with giraffes? I think each one of them are individuals. Uh, Some you can build trust very fast. Some it takes a long time. She trusts me very well, Ziggy. Um, But I would say, in general, she takes the longest amount of time to trust somebody. Um, These guys do really well with most people, and we don't have that relationship. Um, So yeah, the other keepers do a lot of stuff with them. I do a little bit of stuff with her. And yeah, and babies, everybody can do things with. It's easier to teach them trust as they build it. Um, 
And you can do a lot more things with them when they're younger. I have a dog for about two years, and one thing it taught me was to be more selfless. And, like, you know, everything that I do for her, she's never going to do for me. And, that, like, I, I've kind of grown to love that way. Being a zookeeper for this many years, has there been any lessons that you've learned? Oh, God, yes, I'm sure. Um, yeah, patience. Um, like you said, selflessness. Um, lessons I've learned, you know, cleaning has evolved over time for me. You know, cleaning was picking up poop. Then cleaning was making everything spotless. Then cleaning was make it nice for your animals. Um, and then cleaning was don't strip away all of the scents that the animals put there so that they got to come in to a space that doesn't smell like them and you've got they've got to redo that so that's been like a whole career of lesson learned and people are still learning it it's not something everybody can just hear one day and change for the next Um, yeah so and different animals different things you know you don't want to feed an animal in a dirty area where they made it dirty or anything like that um but you don't always have to bleach every day either because it was dirty so and you know bleach takes away a lot of scent from the animals i know that when we do a deep clean at hippo and we do have to use chemicals bleach it or disinfect it or whatnot especially our male will come back in and make it dirtier than ever so that it's his space um and that's not something you want to do every day, clean up after that. So, yeah, it's something you learn. And then, you know, that frees up more time to do the things that are important to the animal's health, like the training and the enrichment that we provide, the interaction, the trust building. If you're just constantly cleaning, you're not always with your animal, giving them what they need and paying attention to them because you're focused on sweeping, hosing, raking, scrubbing kind of stuff so it's something that everybody has to learn over time spot too do you have a favorite story that you can share with us um it would probably be ziggy and the fact that she was born at disney's animal kingdom um so i was there when she was born i was the one that got to hold her on the scale and get a weight um and then you know after time giraffe leaves Her and her mom went to the lodge, which is across the way from Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, And then I didn't work with her anymore. And then a few years later, she moved up here. And a couple years after that, I moved up here and didn't know that. Um, And then realized who she was and told my story. And I came up here for her firstborn, Tafari, um, and got to work with him. And I've been there for most of hers. I I was at Cats for four years in between, but then I came back to Pachyderms. I was there for her last one. So I think that is my favorite story to tell about how Ziggy and I have been together in different institutions and over the last 13 years. She's 13, I believe. Yeah, August of 2010. There's like an invisible string that ties you guys together. It's yes, really beautiful. Exactly. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Kim Shine, Production Manager at Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our host, Salam Fatayer, Tariq Moody, our executive producer, and Brett Kraskowski, who is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lahr, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Aaron Bagata. Mallory Wallace is our community engagement and membership manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode.